Hello and welcome to the Anchor Sunday Sermons podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We want to help guide and grow you in your walk with the Lord by providing an in-depth study of God's Word with our Sunday sermons here in this podcast. So please grab your Bibles and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with this week's message. What's happening here is it's the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story. And I'm taking this piece by piece and I'm going in depth on each part of the story where, again, they're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace for not bowing down to an image. Okay, so what we're going to look at today is we're going to look at Nebuchadnezzar himself. And I want you to see that he is the ultimate narcissist. And we're going to study how to deal with a narcissist. Now, a thing with narcissists is basically the idea is self-love. Now, the problem is our sin nature causes us to want to self-love ourselves. And so we have to master that. And that's what part of our sanctification is about. But if this is not curtailed, if this is not controlled, and the environment continues to bombard us to make us into a narcissist, you will go full-fledged into narcissism. And unfortunately, even what's happening today in our society They have studied this already, so I'm not making this up. They have studied the millennial generation. Now, if you're part of that millennial generation, you're the exception to the rule, okay? So God bless you for breaking free. Amen to that. But in general, what they have now studied about the millennial generation is they call them now wounded narcissists. Now, that's interesting. A wounded narcissist, yeah, that's even more deadlier. <clears throat> well, narcissism, as you know, is self-love. So narcissism has been, has been ingrained in their heads from day one when they were growing up, whether it's from their parents or from the school systems, that they're so wonderful and they're a wonder kind and they're special, even though they have not achieved anything. Even if they get straight Fs, they're so, so, someone special and you're going to fly to the moon and you're going to be this great astronaut, even though the kid's getting Fs, Okay. It's, it's just building something into the, the kid that's not true of them. And this is part of the self-esteem thing that the schools are doing and leaving no child left behind. There's no consequences for bad grades. There's no consequences if you don't read. There's consequences. And so the kids think they're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. And that creates entitlement. This is why socialism and Marxism appeal to the millennial generation, which over a half of them want, because their sense of entitlement wants free stuff. It lends itself to that. Now, what about the woundedness? What does the wounds come from? So you have the narcissist that's been built up by our society, but over here on this side is the woundedness. Where does the woundedness come from? It comes from rejection. How so? Rejection from the parents. So here's what the kid experiences. The kid experiences from an early age that the parents really don't care much about them. They're more worried about their careers and their their money and all that other stuff. And so they put the kid in daycare from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. for 12 hours. And then they pick the kid up, feed him, put him to bed. The parents are with them maybe 30 to 40, 50 minutes, uh, maybe an hour at tops with their kid every day. Okay, so the the message that's sent from the parents to the child is your rejection, 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 rejection. Parents don't want to be with me. 
But at the same time, they go to our school system, oh, you're wonderful, you're wonderful, we're, we're wonderful. Rejection, rejection, rejection. And you get this crossbreed of a wounded narcissist, which are almost impossible to deal with. But that's what the, 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 this generation, it, that, that's what they're seeing from a psychological standpoint, what's happening to them. They're extremely entitled. They're easily offended. They can't deal with facts and evidence because in their head, they have a narrative that no one can break them out of that narrative. And they think they're right. They think they're superior. And this is the problems we're having in our society. This is where the fight is. This is why wokeism is working so well among the younger crowd and why they're absorbing it. Now, the thing about that is that's, that's an example of how narcissism is working in our society. But narcissism has always been here. Satan was the first narcissist. What did he do? He fell in love with himself because of his beauty. And because of that, when he did that, it corrupted him and his pride issued from that to where he was so prideful, he think he could overrun God, take his position and sit on the Mount of God. That, that's the ultimate narcissism. That's just a modern term, but it really it's pride and self-love. That's what it comes from. So anyway, we're gonna look at Nebuchadnezzar as the ultimate prototype of a narcissist. Now, here's what we're gonna do. Now I'm going to analyze Nebuchadnezzar, <clears throat> but you're going to see from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego how to deal with a narcissist, okay? How to deal with them, because I guarantee you, you probably have a narcissist running around in your family. I guarantee you that. They're, they're everywhere, and this narcissist, you can't talk straight to. They're goofy. They, they misperceive everything you say. They have their own mindset made up, right, of how they see the world. And they're, wrong, they're right, and everyone else is wrong. I'm sure you're dealing with this. Okay, so you're going to get your cue from Daniel, Shad sorry, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how to deal with this type of individual, okay? So first off, the ultimate narcissists are, are in these dictators. You can see it all, all through history, right? So Nebuchadnezzar is this kind of prototypical guy. So is Hitler... Stalin, Mao Zedong, Pol Pot, the rest of them, Gaddafi, all of them, Rocket Man. Now, uh, and so with Rocket Man, I want you to think about Rocket Man, <clears throat> how delusional he is in his narcissism. He said he invented the cheeseburger. <laughs> Do you remember that? He invented the cheeseburger. And it's just like the narcissist Al Gore said he invented the internet, right? <laughs> Who says those things? Narcissists do. They, they make up stuff, fantasies. In North Korea, they think this guy was handed over to them by the gods. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, you look at these people and you can see the narcissism on their face, man. They're just full of themselves. It's crazy. Currently, right now, an ultimate narcissist, a dictator in Russia, Putin, as we know, Putin is the ultimate uh, narcissist, by the way, is getting ready to take Ukraine, okay? And the threats of Joe Biden's economic sanctions and all this other stuff, it's not going to intimidate this guy, okay? So not only is, is, is he see this opportunity to take Ukraine because the United States is weak now because of its leadership, um, but, but in Putin's mind, he believes he's entitled to take it because he wants it, because he can do it. And that's the same thing when he took Georgia and Crimea, and now he's taking the Ukraine. He's just going to do it because he believes he's entitled to it. He doesn't care about the Ukrainians. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about anyone else. So you're seeing the ultimate narcissist take countries. And, and, and boy, I'm telling you what, if we're close to the end, this guy 
is Gog-esque. He's very, uh, the, the leader that, that, that attacks Israel in the, in the future, in Ezekiel 38 and 39, he would be your Gog if this went down anytime soon. He fits the bill. Anyway, let's do a little refresher to see what happened that, that, starts, that starts exposing the narcissism. <clears throat> Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits, about 90 feet tall, and it's width six cubits, nine feet. He had set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Now, we, we talked about this before, but now I want to focus in on why he did this, okay? It comes from his narcissistic attitude. Interesting enough, archaeologically, the, we know where the plain of Dura is. It's about five, six miles south of Babylon, okay? where the original Babylon was. So this, what you're looking at, is the plain of Dura. As you can see, it's flat, and that statue would have stuck up 90 feet in the air. So everybody in Babylon would have seen this thing. It was made of pure gold, and it stood that high, okay? So it would have been shining in that Babylonian sun. And here's an interesting thing that happened. A Jewish Assyriologist went over there in about the mid-1800s, and they were doing excavation work on the, on the plain of Dura, right? This is Dura right there. And what they found was a huge pedestal, a pedestal that measures about 40 feet, 45, 46 feet square and about 20 feet high. And what they had concluded is that this was the pedestal in which Nebuchadnezzar's image stood. Now, the image is gone because it's made of gold, but the pedestal is still there to this day. Again, proof of every time we look at the archaeology of the Bible and we turn the spade, it reveals what the Bible said is true. It's right there. And that's there today as a reminder of Nebuchadnezzar's statue. Anyway, <clears throat> why did he do this? Well, it's because when you speak to a narcissist and you tell them something, they totally misperceive what you're saying. They will twist it. So remember, Daniel tells him about his dream. Remember that? Now, if you're a narcissist, look at what Daniel says and, and think about how a narcissist would interpret this. You, O king, are king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And, and wherever the children of men dwell or the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. Now, how would a narcissist interpret that? With pride. Oh, wow, I must be someone special. That's the wrong interpretation, dude. What you should be seeing from Daniel is you should be humbled that the God of the universe would let you extend this power through you for his plan and purpose. But he has no humility. A narcissist has no humility. They think, oh, I'm special, and this is why God is doing this for me. And he interprets the whole thing wrong. Okay, so let's go through the issues of why he does this real quick before we get into the text. First of all, to demonstrate the power that he has. He does have ultimate power. So when these, ne these narcissists get into power, they will do things because they can. It doesn't have to make any sense, guys. It doesn't have to have any rationale. It doesn't have to have any science or medical behind it. They just do it because they can. Putin is attacking Ukraine because he can. That's how they operate. Biden is issuing mandates because 
He can. Gavin Newsom, because he can. School boards, why are you doing what you're doing? It doesn't make sense. Because we can. We can do anything we want. That's how narcissists think. They don't think if this is going to work. They contradict themselves. So now the new thing is they're, they're going to put a mandate on people. And, uh, and, 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 and if you're unvaccinated, you have to wear a mask. If you're vac- vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. You see what they're doing? It doesn't make any sense at all. But why? Because Gavin Newsom can. That's, that's how a narcissist think. Why do you do what you do? It doesn't make sense. Because I can. To create political solidarity and loyalty to Nebuchadnezzar. That's one, one of the other reasons for putting up the statue. He's trying to weed out political enemies. Now, here's the thing about narcissists. They don't like competition. They don't like someone in their face saying, no, I'm not doing that. We have a different opinion. We have facts and evidence. They don't like that. So what they use is they use their power to weed out uh, uh, individuals that disagree with them. That's what's happening right now in our culture. They are weeding the Christians out of the culture through wokeism. That's what they're doing. And if you don't bow a knee to wokeism, we're going to weed you out because we want political solidarity. And don't think for a moment that the Republicans are going to save the, the day. They're, we have a uniparty right now because of political solidarity that all of them are on this ticket of wokeism. Not all, but I mean the majority of them, right? <clears throat> to create religious solidarity, to use the Babylonian religion as a glue for society. Now, Every emperor has understand, uh, understood this. You can't have a completely secular society. So what Nebuchadnezzar does, he uses the Babylonian religion with the worship of him to glue the society together. Constantine did that with Christianity uh, in the 300s. In the 4th century, he realized that Christianity would be the glue to, to attach everybody to the, the Roman Empire. And he did it, and it worked. It got paganized, but he understood that. So the same principle is today. What they're doing in America is they have introduced the Babylonian religion. It is with us. That's what's being foisted on you. This whole wokeism is anti-biblical, okay? And so they're trying to bring solidarity through this new religion while excluding the Christians who don't bow a knee to it because they all know you have to have a religious aspect to it, even if it's false, Now, here's the thing. The Antichrist will do the same thing. You think the Antichrist is going to be completely secular? No. He will use the whore of Babylon to glue everyone together, the false religious system, and then he creates his own image where everyone has to worship him. Again, it's it's religion that glues everyone together, false religion. He's doing it here, and it's doing now. We're doing it. We're seeing it now. To control everyone in every institution, He brings, if you study the passage, he brings all the officials, all the politicians of the Babylonian Empire to do this. Why? Because he's an absolute dictator. Everyone will do this. There's no one that's not going to do this. Now, it's the same thing today. When Biden gets mad and upset, well, you know, we've had enough of you guys, you know, we've given you plenty of time to get vaccinated. You guys got to get vaccinated. Now it's time now. Because that's absolute dictatorship. That's a narcissist. They want full control. Why do they want to control how you run your air in your house? How, how, 
why do they want to control the food that you eat? They don't want you eating beef anymore. Why is that? Because they're absolute dictators. That's why. They want to control everything you and I do and how we live. That's what Nebuchadnezzar, that's a narcissist. We're dealing with narcissists in our society. And lastly, it went to his head, as, you, uh, as we talked about. You, you, you compliment a narcissist, it goes right to their head, and they get a bigger head because that's how they think. Okay, so now let's flush out about narcissism, about Nebuchadnezzar. Narcissists typically have an exaggerated sense of self-importance because of their pride. They think they're important, okay? Uh, they think they're above the rules. Nebuchadnezzar is above the rules at this point in time. Gavin Newsom thinks he's above the rules, right? Because he goes to a, an NFC championship game and he's not wearing a mask, but yet he wants our kids to wear a mask. Why? Because he has a sense of importance. He's better than all of us. He's on top of it. Two, they exaggerate achievements and talents. They have a naive self-confidence. Ask yourself this about politicians. Have anyone ever built a business? No, these are career politicians. They haven't built a toilet. They haven't built anything. They don't know how businesses ran. Right? They're just entitled. They're trust fund babies and, and they get their money and, and they go into politics and they rule and reign there. They have never worked a job nine to five. They have never had to put out a resume. So they don't understand it. So they, but they think they've achieved a lot of things. I used to talk to some guys. I mean, it's so funny. You, you run into these guys and they're bragging about their sports careers when they were younger. And, and I remember talking to this one guy and he was like, He's really, really building it up, man. Yeah, I, I was a, a sinner, and we did this, and my coach did that. And I'm like, man, this guy must have played for, like, Notre Dame or USC or Stanford or something. He must have played at, you know, one of these Division I colleges. And he kept talking, and I finally said, hey, where did you play at? Oh, I'm talking about my junior high in Pop Warner. <laughs> Dude, you sound like you played in the, in the NFL. You played in Pop Warner and you're bragging about that? How wonderful you were? You were what, six, eight, nine? What were you? And it was a big deal for him. I thought, what a narcissist, man. I said, get away from me, man. But anyway, people are like that. They exaggerate their achievements, right? They, they, they didn't achieve half of what they say. That's him. They require constant and excessive admiration. They expect to be recognized as superior even without achievements that warrant it. That's like Hollywood, right? That's like, like uh, Cardi B thinks that you, you want to hear what she tweets, right? I mean, all these people, what is it? There's the ultimate narcissist in social media. By the way, social media fi uh, um, fuels narcissism because these people think they're important. Do you really care if Cardi B wants to make a, a comment on the economy? Or you want to listen to Taylor Swift tell you who to vote for? But they think that's important. They think they need to uh, put out a tweet. It's narcissistic. We don't want to hear from them. Who cares, right? Who cares if you tweet out what you ate for lunch today? Who cares? I hate to burst your bubble. I don't care. If you go eat at, at, at in and out, I don't care. But why do you want to post that? Because you're a narcissist. That's why. Why would you do that? The social media has been tailored to create narcissistic tendencies. It's on purpose, guys. Hmm. So here's an ultimate narcissist, Biden. 
Now, why is he in a crack pipe? Do you know? Do you know what this, this, this narcissist did? I mean, he's ultimate narcissist, right? Okay. He's giving away free crack pipes to give crack pipe equity. Yeah, what? You think I'm making this up? You can't make this up. I couldn't even dream this up. He is giving free crack pipes to different segments of society because the poorer parts of society can't make it, get enough money to get their crack, crack pipes. So he's giving out free crack, crack pipes to people. What? That's a narcissist. Why? Because he can do it. He didn't care if it makes any sense. You want to keep people on crack? You want to keep them drugged up? I guess so. This is ultimately what narcissists do. They don't, they don't make sense anymore. Now, I'm going to show you some pictures of some narcissists. It is Halloween. Yeah, I didn't know if you knew today was Halloween, so I'm here to scare you, right? This is the first scary one. You can, you can identify a narcissist just like that, right? You can tell by their look. They're narcissists. Here's another one. Oh, I know, it's scary. I know. I know there's children in the room, but cover their eyes. Cover their eyes. They can't see this. It's very scary. Oh, my goodness, don't even show me that, Brandon. That's an ultimate narcissist. Wow. Whoa. Or how about this one? Oh, you're getting worse. I'm ready to vomit. I vomited twice in my mouth right now looking at this. I'm so appalled that you would even show this on a Sunday morning. But you've got to see the face of narcissism, don't you? You've got to know who they are and what they do. How about these two clowns? Ultimate narcissists. They were raised to be narcissists, right? You understand what we're talking about? That's who's ruling over us right now. A bunch of narcissists all in the world. Okay, return back to the text. I want you to see the, po the politicians and their attitude towards Israel towards the Jews and what they say, okay? Therefore, at a certain time, the Chaldeans, so, so uh, again, see the word Chaldean? Slip in there, leftists. Slip in there, anti-God. Slip in there, uh, you know, I don't know, the ungodly, okay? Whatever. So you can understand what we're dealing with. So the ungodly, the leftists, came forward and accused, literally the Aramaic means to devour Piecemeal. Now that's important to understand. I want you to see this. Daniel is trying to send a message to you and I. And he is saying, this is how hostile and vicious these people are. They go after people and take them apart as wild hyenas would be tearing apart a carcass of an antelope. They bite piece by peace until there's nothing left of the carcass except the bones. That's what he's trying to say, how vicious these narcissistic politicians are. They will take you limb from limb until you don't exist, until you're completely canceled. That's what he's trying to say. Do we see this today? Of course. Some of you are experiencing this right now. You're being taken apart, peace by peace. And they spoke to, to uh, and said to Nebuch King Nebuchadnezzar, oh, king, live forever. Oh, this is a flattery. Oh, you're so wonderful. 
you know, you're, 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 you, you walk on water. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone shall fall down and worship the gold image, and whoever does not fall down in worship shall be cast into the midst of the burning fire. Uh, burning fire reference. I just wanted to just remind you, Nebuchadnezzar, what, what you, you said. They take delight in laws that penalize the people they hate. So, if you as a Christian won't comply, they absolutely hate you and are vicious and want to take you down. That's the problem. They're vicious. And and look at this as an example. I'm not an advocate of Joe Rogan because he cusses a lot on the show. But I am an advocate of free speech. And what's going on here is they're taking him piece by piece down. Okay? They're taking him down. And it's the woke mob that's taking him down. The background on him is they took things that he said 12 years ago and took it out of context and put it in a two-minute clip. And when you take people's words out of context and what he was trying to explain back 12 years ago, it's going to sound pretty bad. But that's what happens. They they are vicious. And so he even bowed a knee and apologized to the woke crowd. I I wish he wouldn't have done that because they were taking them out of context and what he was trying to explain. But he bowed a knee. I hope he doesn't bow any more knees to them because if they can take him down, they'll take everyone else down. He's just the first one. So he is the largest podcast in America, largest one. And the woke mob doesn't like him, and they want to take him down. Why do they want to take him down? Do they really care about comments 12 years ago? No, it's because he goes against the woke narrative, and especially the narrative about the vaccines. He goes against that. So they're going to tear him down piece by piece. Watch this because you'll see them like vicious animals eating the carcass from him. And they said, there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of province, Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Gavin Newsom, they won't put on a mask. Black Lives Matter, they won't bow a knee to Black Lives Matter. They're a bunch of racists. They won't teach critical uh, uh, theory in the classrooms. They're they're not conforming. Uh, We better do something about this. They're not being vaccinated. We better do something about this. You see the the same thing happening, right? Same thing. So here's the thing about these politicians. They are envious of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel. So that's a narcissist. They're envious of others, and they believe others are envious of them. That's, they project on others the same thing they do. Now, what are they envious of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego specifically? It's because of this. When Daniel interprets the dream for Nebuchadnezzar that God gives him, right, he was the only one that could do it in the whole realm, above all the Chaldeans and the magicians, right? Believe it or not, Daniel, by doing this, saves the Chaldeans. But they turn on him. And because of a narcissist, they can't see that people is doing, that, are, that it would do good to them. They, so they, they envy their position. So what happens to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are exalted 
to the highest positions in Babylon. But why? Because it'll say in the text that they were 10 times smarter than the rest of the Chaldeans. 10 times smarter. What happened is they were promoted based on meritocracy. Did you catch that? They earned it. That's why Nebuchadnezzar put, uh, put them up. They had a higher IQ. They were smarter. They learned the Babylonian religion. They learned the Babylonian language better than the own, their own Babylonians did. So they get exalted because of meritocracy, and these Chaldeans say, that's not fair. They're foreigners. They're, they're, they're not of us, man. They're, they don't think like us. They have weird views. We should be in their position. We should take that. It's not fair. It's not equitable. Because you see, the Babylonians think like the people do today. I should have these higher positions based on my skin color, based on uh, my sexuality. I should have these higher positions. Well, let's talk about this. What have you earned? What kind of job have you had? Did you pass your classes? Did you get A's? Where are you at on that? We'll promote you if you are good at what you do, if you're smart, if you show dedication to your job, we're not going to put you over some people just because you have a skin color or your sexual orientation. That is wrong. But the Babylonians are thinking like that. These foreigners, they're Jews. They shouldn't be in this position. That Jew is 10 times smarter than you. Who do you think Nebuchadnezzar would want to run the country? A bunch of dummies? You wouldn't do that, would you? You're gonna, if you have a business, you're going to hire the best, Right? You don't want people that can't help you. And see, this is the problem. They're not seeing the meritocracy in this. This is what narcissists think, that they should have the positions regardless of their achievements or their intellect. This is the problem. That's what we have with the woke culture right now. Now think about this, what they want from you. The woke culture is envious of what you have. You know what you have? Children. They're envious of that because you know what? They want your kids. Because like in this article says, according to the left, children belong to the government and parents just need to, uh, are just in the way. You stand in the way of them accomplishing their goals with your children. This is where the fight is, guys. They're envious of your children. They want them because they want to indoctrinate them. And then they want your marriage. Well, what do you mean? Well, it's not like they want your spouse or anything like that. What they do is they want to break up your marriage. That's what their goal is, to destroy the nuclear family. Black Lives Matter said it. They're there to destroy the nuclear family. They want it. They want it because they know if they destroy the family, they destroy the foundations of a society, and they can build back better their Babylonian system. They envy you. What did Satan want? He envied God. He wanted God's throne. He wanted to be above all the angels and rule them. It's called covetousness. That's the problem with a narcissist. They want and they can't stop wanting. Another thing about a narcissist, as you're seeing through Nebuchadnezzar, they are deliberate and calculating in their manipulation of others. You ever been around somebody that's manipulative? Totally hard to deal with, right? They, what they say and what they do is all a game. It's all an agenda. So they see people as a means to an end. They'll utilize whatever is at their disposal to get what they think they deserve. Then they will discard the person without remorse. Here's the thing. Do you really believe 
the medical industry and the scientific industry cares about you. No, that has been proven time in and over that they don't care about you, right? They don't care that you're dying. They don't care that you're sick. Because see, in their minds, the end justifies the means. So we don't care if your loved ones die. We're gonna give you uh, this experimental, uh, we're gonna release this experimental uh, epidemic and turns into a pandemic, which is really a pandemic, and then we're gonna shoot you up with an experimental jab that is now killing people. Understand, the guy who went on record for the insurance company that you saw the article on the, on, on the, the Prophecy Update, he said this, when you have a 10% increase in mortality rates between 18 and 65, that's a crisis. But we had a 40% spike in deaths, he's saying, which is more than a crisis. We're having a catastrophe. People are dying left and right. And why? They will not say it, will they? They won't say it. Because you know why? The ends justify the means. We don't care if a bunch of people die. We want the, they're saying that we want the, populated, uh, the population to, uh, to decrease anyway. The Georgia Guidestone said they want a population of, what, 500 million? That's it? They want to decrease the population. So they don't care if people die. They don't care if a loved one dies for you. They don't care. Because in their scheme, the idea is we get to the end. What's the end goal? Is this about your health? Is this about helping humanity? No, no, this is about power and control. That's what Pfizer and Moderna are all about. It's about power and control. And they don't care if they kill you off. They don't care if we're having a spike in death. That's what's happening. That's a narcissist mindset. They believe they are superior and can only associate with equally special people. They belittle or look down on people they perceive as inferior. So when they looked at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they saw them as inferior to the Babylonians. That they're, uh, you know, they come from Israel. They worship a different God. They're foreigners. And so they look down on them. Narcissists, have you noticed, only spend time with themselves and other people like them. So right now, the globalist, they all, they all spend time together, right? They get together once a year, a couple of times a year, and talk about how they're going to rule the world. That's what they really do. But at the end of the day, they see people as expendable because their view of you is that you're not worth anything. You're nothing but a peasant to them. And they're, they're a different hybrid human than you. They're, they're superhuman and you're subhuman. So guys like Soros, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, and the rest of them, there's about 500 of them. They see themselves as different from you, that you're nothing but sheep, and we can slaughter the sheep no matter what. And really where the philosophy comes from is comes from Plato. They all harp on what Plato said. Plato in his Republic said that we need to have a ruling class of elites that are smarter than everybody and wiser than everybody, and they'll make all the decisions for everyone else. Plato was pushing elitism. Now we have elitism in America, and they think like that. Now, if Plato called them the philosopher kings, you know what the new term for them now is? It's not philosopher kings. The term for what Plato was talking about is called the Davos man. The Davos man. That's the term, the current term they're using for what Plato described. 
And what is the Davos man? It is all those who have been trained in Davos under the World Economic Forum under Klaus Schwab, which includes guys like Gavin Newsom, Pete Buttigieg, Vladimir Putin, Macron. And you just keep going down the list. All the global leaders have been trained by the World Economic Forum, and they're called a Davos man. It's nothing more than the philosopher kings. It's the elite. It's the, so when they look at you and I, you're nothing but cattle to them, sheep that are led to the slaughter. Now watch this. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, notice how he just busts loose in anger, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods and worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, he's, he's out of control raging, okay? It's the same thing when this woke culture says, is it true you won't bow a knee to Black Lives Matter? Is it true you won't bow a knee to critical race theory? Is it true you won't bow a knee to the LGBT movement? Is it true you won't bow a knee to the transgender movement? Is that true of you, Christian? Yes, it is. I will not bow down to you, and I will not bow down to your principles and, and precepts and values. I will not. And, that's, and that makes them enraged. How dare you defy us? Who do you think you are? We're the global elites. We'll tell you what to think and what to do. We'll control every life. You're so stupid, we don't, you don't even know how to run your life. We'll tell you how to run the air in your house. The anger is what I want to capitalize on. Because here's where it comes from. Narcissists get very, very angry when you defy them. They're, they have a lack of maturity, okay? You know, Gavin Newsom might be whatever age he is biologically, but emotionally, Gavin Newsom is a 12-year-old boy. Does that make sense? They're children emotionally, okay? They never really have developed their emotions, and because of that, it affects their behaviors. So we call them ill temper. They're ill temper. They're hotheads, right? So, so along with the childlike attitude, they're impulsive. They do stupid things without thinking about that. Does that, that. does that signify our politicians? They do stupid things without thinking about it? Yeah, that's them. And they have a limited capacity to manage their emotions, and, and it manifests basically in verbal rage, uh, fits, contempt, and tirades that you see from Nebuchadnezzar. And then they get aggressive, and then they can get aggressive physically. This is a narcissist. Now, here's an example of this guy in a fit of rage. He's the first politician to ever cuss publicly. Macron is a little dictator. He's a narcissist, no doubt about it. But I want you to see how he can't control his emotions. You go in front of a platform like that, and you're a, you're a world leader, and you lose it on the platform? It's indication he's a narcissist. He can't control himself. He's a little boy. He says this, now the unvaccinated, I really want to blank them off. And so we're going to keep doing it until the end. This is the strategy. Wow. Okay, so first of all, it's, it's not what it comes out in English. I want to blank them off. The French word that he used means to take manure or, or dung and shovel it on somebody. You're going to shovel that dung on somebody's head. You catch the flavor? 
the, the polit, no politicians ever went this far in, in showing their anger publicly like this, at least in the modern times. And he says, we're going to do it until the end. To what end? What end are you mean? Until everyone's vaccinated. And this is the strategy. We're going to continue to badger them and make them second-class citizens until they, they submit. That's anger. That's anger, guys. You have to see this. So here's, here's what, another thing about narcissists. They expect unquestioning compliance with their expectations. They're easily offended. You've been around someone easily offended. You say something, they take an offense to it, and it's a nightmare to deal with them. They're insecure around people. And they're shame-oriented. They fear being humiliated or embarrassed. That's what's Macron. He's, he, he doesn't want to be humiliated anymore by the unvaccinated. The principals, the superintendents here in town don't want to be embarrassed by you telling them that they're wrong. They don't, want to, they don't want to be embarrassed like that. You have to understand what's going on behind that. That's a narcissistic mentality. You embarrass them, they will have full anger and vent and hostility on you. That's how they play. Now, here's another example of this. Baby Trudeau is not getting compliance, okay? And Baby Trudeau is up there like a baby whining because God bless these truckers, they're, they're tired of his tyranny. They're tired of this, this absolute dictator that's in Canada. And so these truckers, God bless them, have blocked and barricaded all the areas and they won't move their trucks. Good for them. Finally, somebody stands up to them, right? Amen. And by the way, the American truckers are getting ready to do this here in America. Now, let me make a caveat. If the American truckers are gonna do this in in America, that means they're giving a warning saying, you better get enough supplies because we're going to shut it down. So there's a heads up, and they're planning to do this maybe by March. Okay, that gives you a couple weeks. You better get prepared for that if you can't get supplies. Anyway, baby Trudeau can't take it. So I'm going to give them a $100,000 fine. You will go to jail. And he's, talks, he's talking big. But when he starts going there and saying, these guys are a bunch of Nazis and they're racist, and, and he's already lost. He's already shown you he's lost. He doesn't know what to do. So he's just gonna, we're going to put you in jail. We're going to do that. It's over. They won. And they're going to continue to win. But again, he has no recourse because he's a narcissist that, doesn't, that now has been put uh, on him boundaries and limitations and he doesn't know what to do now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn the flute the harp the lyre the psaltery and in symphony with all kinds of music and you fall down and worship the image which i have made good 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 just get vaccinated and everything will be fine you get your life returned to you boys you see the game i'll give you another chance come on no no no, no. i'm not gonna give you another chance after this boys better do it but if you do not uh, worship you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Excuse me? Did you see that last phrase? Is that not arrogant? So here's the thing you have to see. First of all, if you don't comply, you're, you're kicked out of society. We're just going to kill you. We'll just get rid of you. Okay? And, and by the way, Nebuchadnezzar thinks he is so godlike that he challenges the Hebrew God. And it's like, hey, dude, did you not f remember that Daniel's God interpreted the dream for you? Did you forget that? 
and then all of a sudden you're challenging their God again? Are you crazy? Are you insane? Yes, narcissists are insane. They will even challenge God. Now, think about this. Let me, let me explain this real quick because this is hard to understand in a narcissist's mind. Did he forget? No, he didn't forget. But you know what happens in a narcissist's mind? They do a thing in their mind called compartmentalization. They can keep two exclusive contrary things in their head and keep this one over here in the box. Okay, Daniel's God revealed it to me. And then switch off and go to this box and totally not harmonize that thought into this thought where he challenges the same God. That's a cultic mindset, by the way, of being able to compartmentalize your, 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 your thoughts. That's what narcissists do. They only think in categories and not holistically like we're supposed to have. We're supposed to think in a worldview that all the categories make sense, but they have no problem going to bed at night having things that contradict the very thing they're doing over here, okay? They, they have no problem. It's kind of a, 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 almost an insane way of thinking, but that's why he's doing this. So he challenges God. Well, good luck with that one. It's the same as these politicians. When, when, they, when people are called, we need, we need to pray. Oh, there was a shooting one time, and I can't remember the shooting. It was in a school or something like that. And a lot of the Christians say, well, we just need to pray. We need to get back to God and all this. And you know what these, these leftists said, these Babylonians? If you're resorting to prayer, it's going to be no good. We just got to remove everyone's guns. But in, in, in essence, they were challenging the Christians who wanted to pray and challenging God. It's too late. We don't need to God in that. We don't need to pray. We just need to get rid of the Second Amendment is their mindset, right? Again, it's similar to what Nebuchadnezzar said. Who is the God that's going to deliver you? Oh, okay. Here's what you have to understand about a narcissist. They can be very cruel because they don't have any empathy whatsoever. They don't consider someone's thoughts, someone's emotions. They don't consider what the other person's thinking. They don't like facts, and they don't consider evidence or anything like that. That's not part of their rationale. So you think you're going to sit down with Gavin Newsom and say, hey, man, hey, Gavin, you know, let, let me tell you how you're getting this wrong, dude. Uh, and you lay it out to Gavin Newsom or Nancy Pelosi, and, and you think Gavin Newsom's going to say, wow, that's brilliant, Brandon. I didn't even think about that. Where, where have you been all my life? And, and you're right. I need to change this whole thing where, where I'm going to turn into conservatism or whatever, and we're going to change this whole thing. You're right. You think Gavin Newsom's going to do that. It's, he's past facts and evidence. You understand that. Pelosi, Biden, Putin, Rocket Man, Winnie the Pooh, all of them are past facts and evidences at this point. Fauci is past facts and evidence. Uh-oh, that, that poses a problem in how you deal with them, huh? Like Fauci, I am science. What a narcissist. Like, when you, you put the narcissistic profile on him, he's like off the charts, man. He, he would be like another dictator, by the way. When he says, I am science, oh, my lanta. He crossed the line when he said that. You can't challenge him now, right? Okay, so now we see the profile of a narcissist. Now we see these people that we have to deal with in our lives. Okay, then what is the strategy in dealing with them? 
Watch Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It is absolutely brilliant. They're only 20 years old, and they have figured out how to deal with a narcissist. It took me 50 years to figure out how to deal with a narcissist. They're doing it at 20. Look what he says. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Bingo! We're not answering you. In other words, we have no need in respect to this matter. We're not going to make a defense for you. We're not going to even explain this to you. Notice what they said, what, why they're doing this. Do you really think if, if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, well, Mr. Nebuchadnezzar, what you don't understand is we serve the God of the Hebrews, and in his Ten Commandments, it says not to have any foreign gods, not to make idols, and not to bow down and worship them. So one and two commandments of the Ten Commandments, it forbids us to do it. So that's why we don't do it. Why did they not explain themselves? It is a waste of time. They don't care. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't care. Whatever explanation, he just says, you do it or else. I don't care what you're saying. So I'm going to tell you this about a narcissist. You're wasting your time and your breath giving them more information. We think in our heads that, well, if I say it this way, if I give them this facts, if I give them this evidence, I know I can change their mind. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're not dealing with the person properly. You only give information to people who want the information. You don't give it out. So one of the things you're dealing with, if you're dealing with a narcissist, don't, don't, don't say any more to them. Because here's the deal. Everything you say can and will be used against you and twisted. Oh, yeah. Have you noticed when you talk to them, they'll say this and they'll twist that? And then they'll twist this, and then they'll twist that. And before you know it, you're like, I can't talk to this guy. He's crazy. Yeah, you're right. He's a narcissist. So the first thing you have to understand, quit explaining yourself. Explanations or a defense doesn't matter to them because you're already misunderstood. You're already pigeonholed. They already think bad of you. And so silence speaks louder than words. Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. The narcissist is the swine. So what does he mean? In that parable, he tried to tell you this is how you deal with this kind of person, this big-headed person. First of all, you don't give them the pearl of truth. You don't give them truth. Because what will they do to the truth? He says the pig will take that truth, that pearl, and trample it under his feet. Right? They'll discount it. And then, he says, the pig will then turn on you after he's done trampling on the truth. He'll turn on you and become hostile. Right? That's exactly what we see. You give information, they turn on you and they attack you. That's why you don't talk to narcissists. It's not about information. Okay, then, Brandon, then what do I do? Because I'm dealing with a narcissist in my family. And, and, and so what do I do? Okay, continue to watch what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do. They're saying, I'm not answering you. And, and then what they do is they give boundaries and consequences to Nebuchadnezzar. Now, how are you going to put a boundary around Nebuchadnezzar, and how are you going to put a boundary around any narcissist? It's simple. It's because you need to take a stand. So what they will do, the boys will do, and what they're currently, as you're reading this, doing, they're given a verbal boundary, okay, to Nebuchadnezzar. And basically, they're saying, you will push us no further. That's my response. No more. 
do you get to come in our family and create the chaos that you're bringing into our family? No more. You're out. We're not dealing with you anymore. You're crazy. You're a narcissist. And so you don't take it anymore. You finally put up a boundary that protects yourself. We're not talking about putting a fence around Nebuchadnezzar or putting a fence around Gavin Newsom. I'm just saying from this point, I ain't doing what Newsom's telling me verbally. You tell your schools, you tell Cal State, you tell all these places that are mandating things, no, then I won't attend. It's your own personal boundary. You will not let someone infringe upon your rights. No more. You're done. And second, a part of the boundaries, they first give a verbal boundary and then they give a physical boundary to Nebuchadnezzar. The physical boundary is basically this. We will not bow. That's the physical boundary. You're not gonna make us do what you want us to do. I'm sorry. So I'm gonna tell you no, and I'm not physically gonna do it. You don't want me entering, entering in your restaurant because I don't have a mask on, then I ain't giving you my business. I'm done. I'm done feeding the monster. You have to make that decision in your life. I can't play by these rules anymore. So I'm putting boundaries down in my own life. I'm not gonna do it. Because every time I do it, I'm giving them credibility, and you can't. Now, I know what you're gonna say. Well, is that enough? One more thing. Read this. If that is the case, basically, you're gonna kill us, right? If that is the case, and we're gonna pay the price for not bowing down to you and not letting you push us anymore, okay? Our God in whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Great faith, it's great faith that if you hold the line, God might deliver you. But notice the next phrase. I'm gonna spend more time on this next week in this phrase. It's a powerful phrase. But if not, but if not, what do you mean, but if not? Look, Nebuchadnezzar, here's what we're saying. God, we know, has the ability to deliver me. And if he wants to, he will. But if he chooses for me to suffer for this cause, then he won't deliver me and you will get your way. You will kill me. But at the end, you know this. Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor we will worship the gold image which you have set up, period. You can kill us if God delivers us, great. If he doesn't, then we'll burn and the message will be to you, you don't get to push everyone around. There's someone that's gonna push back to you. You're not a dictator. You're not who you think you are. That's what God is looking for. Will you push back against the dictators and narcissists in your life? Will you tell them, no further. You're not coming anymore in my life. You're not intruding me. I'm, not, I'm tired of being Mr. Nice Guy. Either delivers me or not. Now, here's the thing. I've seen people get delivered from their jobs. They had to quit their job because they got fired and then God delivered them and find another job. And it paid more. Great. Awesome. He delivered them. I've seen other people quit their job and now they have a less of a job and making less money. Why? Because either God chooses to deliver or not for his own purposes. And so you might pay an ultimate price and there's no guarantee that God will deliver you. Now, ultimately, what they're talking about is ultimate deliverance. Either way, you kill me, he's going to resurrect me. No big deal. He'll deliver me ultimately anyway. But can you have that mindset? 
can you be okay with, look, if you're going to tell a narcissist no, will you be willing to pay the price? What do you mean? Well, let's talk about your own family. If you have a narcissist in your family and you say no and you're putting boundaries around yourself and boundaries around them, this is what they're going to tell you. Well, I don't want to be part of this family anymore. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm leaving home. I'm out of here. I don't want to talk to you guys in, in, anymore. Fine, get out. You have to be okay with that. They're going to get fired up at you, mad, hostile, because they're immature, and you're laying down the law, and they don't like it. Are you okay with losing that relationship? Are you okay? Otherwise, you're going to ha- have, have the rest of your life dealing with a narcissist. You have to be willing to pay the cost if you're going to deal with a narcissist. Now, people will say, Brandon, I know what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego does, but did Jesus do the same thing? Yeah, he did. He did. In, in, the, in year one and a half of Jesus' ministry, he will do an abrupt fa- uh, change of pace and what his ministry is entailing. He will just change it all of a sudden. And it has to do with Israel's leaders who are a bunch of narcissists that wanted power and money and prestige. That's all they were. Their religious leaders rejecting him and saying he's doing the works of Beelzebub. That was the official declaration of the religious leaders, which caused them to get into the impardonable sin and the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. At that point, Jesus changes everything. Now, I want you to see these four facts of how Jesus changes his ministry to people who won't listen to him. Okay? To people who are hard-headed, pig-headed, won't, won't listen to his truth. Watch what he does. Messiah then will require faith for miracles. Before the rejection, he will heal people like the, the guy at the pool of Siloam. He will heal them without the even guy expressing any faith as a sign to Israel. Okay? After this, he changes that. You will require, he requires faith. Second, signs will only be for the disciples and not for the nation of Israel. Except for the sign of Jonah, no other na- sign will be given. The signs are there for the, the apostles. That's it. In preparation for the church. No more signs. Messiah will then use a no-tell policy after year one and a half. What do you mean? Well, I'll give you an example. At the high point of, uh, of, of Peter's confession, when he takes him up to Bania's Falls, up there at Caesarea Philippi, Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And Peter goes, you're, you're, the, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And you remember what Jesus says. He says, Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father in heaven. But then you remember the next phrase. Don't tell anyone what you just said. Wait a second. Don't tell anyone he's the Messiah? Yeah. Policy, no tell at this point in time. Then... Messiah, instead of speaking directly, like on the Sermon on the Mount where he spoke directly, instantaneously changes his teaching and always will teach in parabolic form. Why? Hiding the truth. He will have to take the apostles and take them over here on the side and say, boys, this is what I meant. But he will never tell the crowds what he meant. He will speak in parables for the rest of the time until the cross to hide the truth from them. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Anchor Sunday Sermons. We hope that this message is a blessing to you 
and helps grow you towards a more mature understanding of God's Word. Rock Harbor Church has recently started a second podcast called The Anchored Bible Study. It's filled with past and continuing Bible studies preached during our Wednesday evening services. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear it, please check the description of this episode or search your favorite podcast streaming services for the Anchor Bible Study. Support for both of our podcasts comes from your generous gifts and donations. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website, rockharborchurch.net. Until next time, remember, keep looking up, for our redemption draws near.